to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and this week is our finale episode for season two. Yay! It is going to be a lot of fun. We are joined by one of our friends from back home, Heidi Yao. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Heidi, hello. (laughs) Hello, Tony. Um, Hello, so Heidi- Charlotte. <laughs> Hi, Charlotte. We are uh, we're, we're, we go back a little ways. Heidi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why um, why you're here? Um, so I met Tony my freshman year at NC State through the Disney Movie Club, and then through Tony, I later met his brother Josh. Um, I was actually one of the officers of Disney Movie Club, now Disney Film Club, trademark issues. So, you know, I became really good friends with them, and then I ended up marrying Tony's best friend, Cameron, who you guys fondly know as Yowza. It was, it was actually really nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a couple months. Um, I've basically, you know, wasted away to nothing because I don't cook. So, <laughs> it was nice to see him on the lab before I, you know, came on up here. Um, we can wave to him. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Yowza. Hey, Bob. Hey. <laughs> the girls miss you. They like me more. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually sometimes forget that he's down there. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard to think about. It. Yeah, he's just he's sitting so out bad. there crying on that log. But uh, we're we're really glad that you're joining us this time. We're talking about Beauty and the Beast, and this is your favorite Disney movie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what 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 specifically about it makes it that way? You know, it came out right before I was born. It came out in 1991. Um, And so it was, you know, one of the quintessential Disney movies that I grew up watching. And so as a kid, like, my top three favorite movies were Jurassic Park, Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast. And I just... I I feel like I really identify with Belle. Like, I always loved reading, and I've got, you know, a very similar personality where I'm kind of, like, not going to take any shit. So... (laughs) Kind of in yeah. that regard as well. And also, I like to think that we have similar features with the brown hair and the uh, same eye color and things like that. And I just, something about this movie has just always, just every time I watch it, I get like complete body goosebumps. Like the whole movie, I love all the music, just everything about this movie is like the best. Yeah. She was the first Disney princess to have brown hair, also. So really, yeah, that's so uh, interesting. So, yeah, so as is the case with all of our new guests, uh, Tony has some rapid fire questions for you if you are ready for them. Oh God, I don't know if I'll ever be ready. But... <laughs> Should I? All right, are you ready? Here we go. Uh, oh. Some of them you've already answered, so it should be really fast. What is your favorite movie? Oh God, okay, Disney, obviously Beauty and the Beast. Other than Disney, across the universe. Okay. What's your favorite Disney princess? Belle, obviously. What's your favorite non-Disney princess? My favorite non-Disney princess. Don't say Anastasia. (laughs) Everyone says Anastasia. You're not allowed to say Anastasia. (laughs) I I do love Anastasia, but Odette from the Swan Princess. 
Okay. Nice. Good choice. Um, what is your biggest addiction? Oh, God. My biggest addiction? I'm going to say, like, crafting. I do a whole lot with a bunch <laughs> of various different kinds of crafts. Hmm. I dabble in, like, all the shit. All of it. What's the most interesting thing in you, that you have in your purse? Um, well, I'm trying to think. I don't carry a purse a ton because, like, I just carry a bag to school with me. Or bag but, or wallet, whatever, yeah. I mean, probably my Groot fidget cube that I have right now. He's <laughs> <is> really cute. <laughs> it's baby Groot, too. Baby Groot, so it's even cuter. Oh, man. And if you could paint anything uh, on anything, what would you paint and where would you paint it? If I could paint anything on anything, well, oh god. <laughs> I would, like, if we be in real, I would paint a giant ass portrait of my floofs somewhere. I don't know. I don't even care where. Oh god damn it, Google. <laughs> <laughs> turning on my Google Assistant, and then she starts talking to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> but it's okay. a portrait of Charlie and Narzapan somewhere, because they're beautiful. That sounds like a good answer. I okay. also like that we are interviewing Google at the same time as we are interviewing you. I mean, Google's got shit to say. Hey, hey, Google, what's your favorite <laughs> Disney movie? Nope. She didn't respond. No, uh, Black Cauldron. Uh, so, uh, I... We are, um, it, it is our finale, and we are watching Beauty and the Beast. Uh, this is, I'm pretty excited for this one. As Heidi said, it's 1991. Uh, Heidi, I usually uh-huh. do the trivia, but I understand that you have some trivia as well for this movie. Well, when you have seen this movie as many times as I have, and are obsessed <laughs> with this movie as I am, you know, you'll learn a few things. So. Right. I'm just going to share some of my favorites, and then I'll let Josh kind of come in with some of the other ones. <laughs> okay. One of the one, Okay, so I learned a new piece of trivia today that I think is so fucking cool. The song, Tale as Old as Time. Every single line is five syllables. Yep. Which I just think is, like, the coolest thing ever, because, I don't know, probably because I teach little kids, and we're always talking about syllables and shit. So, I posted I a uh, I posted a uh, a video on on YouTube a couple months back that just sang "Tale as old as time, tale 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 as old as time." Honestly, oh, and I like it a I, lot. I couldn't <laughs> listen to that song without hearing that. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was hard for me to, to not hear that through the entire title song. It's really great. <laughs> uh, we lost the true treasure in Angela Lansbury. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, so another bit of trivia that I find really cool is that, you know, Belle's outfit is inspired by Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, which mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, is kind of like obvious, you know, the white shirt and the blue dress and whatnot. But I also mm-hmm. really love The Wizard of Oz, so I always think that's really cool. And then Chip is the only one of the like inanimate objects 
that actually refers to Belle by her name in the movie. Yeah. The rest of them just, you know, refer to her in other ways. So I was The girl. Cool. Yeah. The girl or dear or her, she, like, you know. So he's the only yeah. one that yeah. ever actually, like, calls her her name. Yeah. Like, God damn, y'all, she's got a name. Use it. <laughs> I think we should refer to all of those other characters as the pot, the candle, <laughs> and the clock today. <laughs> perfect. And then LeFou actually means the fool, which, right. you know, is really fitting considering his personality. Um, this was, you know, Howard Ashman's last movie before he yeah. passed away that he was able to fully complete. So that's always, you know, a big deal. Yeah. And then the symbolism of the color blue, you know, is one of my favorites because I'm an artsy person, so I like it. Wait, you're going to have to explain more. I don't understand. So the color blue has a lot of symbolism behind it in this movie, whereas Belle is the only person in the village to wear the color blue, and it kind of shows that she is an outcast. And then in juxtaposition, the color red is kind of meant to show like this is a bad person which is why Gaston wears the color red uh, and in the beginning when you first meet the beast he is wearing red as well but then as time goes on he changes into more blue clothing and you start to kind of focus more on like his blue eyes to kind of show that he and Belle are like together in their outcast ways oh yeah okay yeah. that's interesting I so would that, never notice those are kind of my favorite tidbits oh wait no there's one more Sorry. One more. Okay. Okay. So, Angela Lansbury, queen that she is, did not want to record the song, Tale as Old as Time, because she thought she wouldn't do a good job. So, they went ahead and had her record one take in her hotel room just as a backup, and then they ended up using that take because she's perfect. What a treasure. Yeah. I know. We will, we will, she will be missed. Yeah. So, I have some trivia for you guys as well. I have uh, the the newest incarnation of the game. Guess who could have been in this movie? A lot of them, actually. So, <laughs> I'm going to start with Heidi, because you're our guest. You're our guest. Okay. Uh, put our trivia to the test. Uh, Heidi, <laughs> if yeah. you could name another person to be the Beast... Who do you think would make a good person for that role? And I'll give you a hint. They do come back and actually play the Beast in one of the later versions of Beauty and the Beast, one of the, the spin-off ones. Patrick Swayze. No. Nice. That was strictly for you, Tony, because I know you love Swayze. <laughs> I do. I'm the, Sway- I'm the Swayze fan. Yeah. Uh, it would have been pretty great if, if Patrick Swayze were in this movie. But no, alas, it was Tim Curry was considered for the role of Beast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? I love that. That would have been so I, good. Oh my god, I'm dying. I love that. <laughs> like, and I can't help but picture yes, like yes. the 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 oil monster from Fern Gully. That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like. Ooh. My god, Fern Gully is my shit. You've come to stare at the beast, have you? Oh Come right on in <laughs> to my castle. Okay, Tony, I've yeah. got three names. Three names of people that could have been Cogsworth. One of them, the role of Cogsworth was actually written for, but turned it down. 
So, three names, Cogsworth, who do you have? Okay, the role was definitely written for, okay, an actual cuckoo clock. Okay. Uh, that, um, that, uh, British guy, uh, uh, who, like... British guy number one? Yeah, 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 you know the one. He's the guy who plays, um, uh, in that movie. Yeah, He's probably in, like, Harry Potter, because all the other British people are. Sure. British guy number one. Uh, and the third person is... Angela Lansbury again. No, Uh, well, all three of those were great choices, but alas, none of them were correct. Heidi, do you have any guesses? No. Okay. So the, <laughs> <laughs> the role. I'm also eating a French fry just now, so. <laughs> the um, the role was actually written for John Cleese of Monty Python fame, but he turned oh, down. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah, I could totally he see. He is it. a British guy. Perfect. I was right. Yeah, well, that's not British guy number one, Tony. Oh, sure. You were actually right about British guy number one, though. Ian McKellen was the first choice after John Cleese. Oh. And he would later go on to play the live-action version, so that's pretty great. And wherever Ian McKellen is considered for a role, you guessed it, Patrick Stewart was also considered for Cogsworth. Because they're pretty Uh, much the same person. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Patrick Stewart had to turn it down because in the same way that he turned down the role of Triton for Little Mermaid, he had to turn down the role of Cogsworth because he was still busy with Star Trek stuff. So, Fucking Star Trek. No! Don't what? say that. What? 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, the... Beauty and the Beast Trump Star Trek, obviously. Okay, we're going to move on. Heidi, <gasps> because you know this one already, who th- there was a person considered for Mrs. Potts. Uh-huh. Who do you think that was? Or who was um, it, rather, because you know. was the other queen, Miss Julie Andrews. Right. That one was oh, a pretty... yeah. That was an easy that one. That was sense. a softball. Tony... Yeah. This is the last one that I have. There are two roles that could have played Gaston. Can you name them for me? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like a Bond villain and <laughs> sure, <laughs> like the most sexist person in the world put together. Oh, I wish you hadn't said that because um, the first choice for Gaston was Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Uh, yeah, Patrick Swayze was considered for Gaston. The other person was Donny Osmond, who would later go on to voice the uh, Shang in Mulan. Okay, I see Donny Osmond. Patrick Swayze doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sure he would have done a great job. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the end of that game. I do have a couple other quick trivia notes for you. All of the statues inside the house were based on former versions of the beast uh, former drawings of the beast which is really cool as heidi said this is the last movie before howard ashman died and they did win the best picture for it uh which is really cool in the 1930s and again i'm sorry i was saying it was the first animated movie to yeah it was the first animated movie to win best picture really yeah yep in the 1930s and again in the 1950s walt disney attempted to adapt beauty and the beast into a feature, but could not come up with a suitable treatment, so the project was shelved. It wasn't until The Little Mermaid became a hugely successful movie that they decided they would try it for a third time. Quick trivia for Heidi. Do you oh, know okay. Do you know what the original story's author was? The, the story of The Beauty and the Beast is based on a book 
do you know who the author is? I used to, but I don't remember what their name is anymore. It is Gabrielle Suzanne Barbot de Villanueve. She wrote the original story of the Beauty and the Beast, and it turned into this movie. But in the original, the prince was not turned into a beast for being selfish and unloving, mm-hmm. but because he refused to marry his evil fairy godmother. Likewise, a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Likewise, Beauty's challenge in understanding the beast was not to was not his volatile temperament, but his stupidity. For in the beast form, he could not express himself intelligently. So oh, well, rather than weird, like, yeah. yeah, rather than him being like just mean, he was literally a beast. He couldn't talk. <laughs> Can you imagine this movie? I, I can't. Just him silently grunting and brooding the whole time. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty Somehow sure this is just an animal. I don't think it would have worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the smoke scene during the transformation at the end, is it's not animated. It's actually real smoke. It was originally used in the Black Cauldron, and it was reused for Beauty and the Beast. God damn it. <laughs> Well, the Black Cauldron sucked so much that they just used a bunch of their shit. Uh, well, there's again. there's other callbacks to the Black Cauldron later that we'll get into. No, um, there's not. <laughs> there is. There totally is. The The last one that I have that I think is hilarious, and this is I promise this is the last one, but I couldn't not say it. Chip ori- originally only had one line, and it was, mm-hmm. prepare to die. <laughs> that was Chip's what? one line. They decided because they liked his voice so much that they would add in extra dialogue for him. The original cute character was supposed to be a a music box, the same music box used in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and it was supposed to, like, calm down the beast. So that's all I have. I don't remember if I said this. Did we talk about Belle's little bit of hair that always falls on her face? Oh, that they based it off of the actress? Because it was something that, yeah, that's really cool. I like that as well. Yeah. Okay, so that's all I have. Let's get into this thing. So, Tony, why don't you carry yes. us into the pause? Because you did such a good job last time. And I, I, I want to... I don't have any starbursts here, but I'll enjoy some tea while you do it. I can eat some okay. french fries. So, now we're going to progress into the next stage of our show, where we pause and reflect on the movie, and then we're going to talk about it. So I want everyone to take a moment, take a breath, pause our show, and then put press play on the actual movie. Pause. Actually, hold on. So I do want to remind everybody that this is an adult comedy podcast, and that if you are a child, then you shouldn't be listening to it. If you're an adult, then you also should have already paused by now, and this shouldn't affect you in any way. But uh, if you're a child and you're listening to this part, then you're in the wrong because A, you didn't pause and B, you're a child. So we're going to say fuck a couple of times. So with that, Tony, especially at Gaston, I just want to get to the Gaston. Let's go get let's go to Gaston. Tony, you have to unpause them. Oh, sorry. You. Well, uh, unpause. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I I knew I shouldn't have given you that kind of power. I knew I shouldn't have. Are we ready, everybody? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. So, we open on a stained glass opening. Why curse all of the servants when it's just the one asshole that you should curse? (laughs) They curse everyone in the castle for, for the mistakes of one person, which makes me think this enchantress, not really a good guy, probably a bad guy. 
Yeah, I agree. It is. It is interesting. I also I recently read a book called As Old as Time, and this you know author has basically gone back to like original Disney stories and like told them from like a different point of view. So in this one, mm-hmm. Belle's mother is the enchantress. Ooh, it's really Whoa. good. Yeah, color me really intrigued. Good. But it like kind of fills in a lot of the plot holes that I feel like you find in the Disney movies. Right. So fan series. Interested. It's a really good book. It's also like a young adult novel because honestly, they're my favorite. But whatever. But it's really good. So okay. anyway, <laughs> he's been cursed. <laughs> He's been yes. cursed, and he curses all the servants, and it doesn't make any sense to me. But he is um, selfish, and also uh, doesn't like ugly people. Um, so, which makes me wonder if, like, Belle wasn't beautiful as her name implied, would he have fell in love with her? And did he actually learn anything? I don't know. We'll come I back to it. I don't know either. That's kind of one of the points that I wrote down. It's the, supposedly the story is supposed to be about inner beauty, but she's like outwardly beautiful. And you know, I feel like honestly, like throughout the movie, he shows like so much desperation and like understanding that sh- this is my last chance. Yeah. But I feel like regardless of it, of her beauty, he knows like my time is almost up. I just need to fucking fall in love. I have to fall in love with someone right now. <laughs> what? A beautiful girl on my doorstep that wants to put herself in my dungeon? Perfect! That's convenient! <laughs> God damn it. Okay, here we go. Um, so, there's a little town full of little people, it's a poor provincial town, and Belle <laughs> is putting them all down. <laughs> yeah. In a beautiful song. Marie! Uh, the baguettes! About the baguettes, y'all. Marie! The baguettes! Hurry up! As you know, Tony's wife is named Marie. Well, I was one of her bridesmaids. And as we were preparing for their wedding, we were like, man, we need to get some flowers for your life bouquet toss. And then we happened to be strolling through Walmart, and we happened upon some baguettes. And we decided, nah, fuck the flowers, Marie, you should throw these baguettes. And she did, and it was actually pretty fucking hysterical. Yeah, and so it was. <laughs> Tony, did Marie happen yep. to prepare us any baguettes for today? Uh, no. Nope. Okay. Marie. Marie makes, like, little tartlets and things. Oh, okay. She doesn't make baguettes. Okay. That's okay, then. Well, I'll take some tartlets. I think, I think she should, because then we can all yell at her, Marie, the baguettes! Marie! Up! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this is a beautiful song where Belle's talking about how she doesn't fit in because all the people are little and they're poor and it's provincial. <laughs> yeah, did you see Did you see when she was leaving or she was walking past those three guys that are like outside of the, um, the, library. the library? This little, uh-huh. this boy is chasing a pig. Uh, yes. oh weird gosh. how that happens. It's probably Edwin. One of my favorite parts in this whole scene is like as they're singing the line with a head stuck on some cloud it's this barber who's singing this part and then he proceeds to just chop off this guy's mustache and I'm like let's really think about whose head is in the cloud right now yeah <laughs> like you just you just literally cut off half of this guy's facial hair like yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> she definitely made mistakes. <laughs> it's a pretty dangerous situation. Like, yeah. You, you don't want to go to that bar. she's crazy, too. Yeah, absolutely not. So, it's, a good, it's a good thing that we, we, we didn't hit any, any vital organs there. <laughs> the town thinks that he, she's crazy, and sure. the, librarian, <laughs> the librarian thinks that she's awesome, gives her a book. Gaston's like, what are you doing, reading? Gasp. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. So I'm going to let anybody else start, but I have a whole lot of things to say about Gaston. I I think that... You dressed up as Gaston once. We sh- Yeah, I did dress up as Gaston once. I think that we should give the first, first punch at, uh, at Heidi for Gaston. Okay. I have a lot of things to say about Gaston, <laughs> but in this scene, what kills me the most is he grabs her book and he's like, how can you read this? There's no pictures. When literally 20 seconds ago, Belle is showing the fucking picture to some damn sheep. So I'm like, yeah. do you know to- what the fucking picture is, Gaston? Okay. Do I'm you? Gaston's advocate here. Okay. So he, the, the, the sheep ate that picture. So. No. They ate <laughs> the top left corner off of the page, but the picture was on the Yes. Oh my god. Josh, you are so fucking wrong. I know. (laughs) I'm doing my best to help him. Not gonna work here. Okay. So so Gaston's first line is like, I've got my sights set on that one. And so he like he points his gun at (laughs) he points his gun at uh at Belle and he walks over and he's like he's like obviously fighting through the, the musical scene. But he's like He's like literally hunting her right now. <laughs> like it's yeah. really, really, really awful looking. And like, also, he immediately takes her book and throws it. You should be thinking about more important things. Me. There was uh, maybe there was like a bee in the book. I don't know. No. I no. can't defend him. He's just the worst, Josh. Yeah. So Josh dressed up as as Gaston for uh, a annual thing that we did at. Uh, the Disney Movie Club called Pie a Villain, where yeah. we would dress up as Disney villains and we would uh, get pied in the face. Uh, and, and it was like we would send the money to charity or whatever. Uh, so this, so we would. So I dressed up as Ursula. Yeah. Josh was Gaston, and Josh got by far the most uh, pies in the face because, well, because Josh would walk up to like, <laughs> this is the worst. Josh would walk up to people and be like. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell the story. No, I would do it specifically. I would like, we, we were in at NC State, so there's this huge brickyard instead of a courtyard, and it echoes really, really well. And so I would yes. see, like, groups of girls walking to the library, and I'd be like, books, reading. <laughs> it was pretty awful, <laughs> and I felt really bad about doing it, but it was for a good cause. Yeah, no, we, we like it. We sent it to a, a homeless shelter, so it was yeah. like for a good cause. And also, everybody got to pie their like childhood villains. Yeah, <laughs> and like, Gaston it, by far got like, the most I think, hits. I think everybody understood that I was putting on an axe. I don't think anybody thought that I was actually like women can't read. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, like somebody sure was got- star. And like was like was like I killed Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of good times there. Yeah. Yeah, Gaston, I think for sure got the most pies out of any villain any year that we yeah. did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and these these 
ladies were not nice about it either. I mean, no. like, they shouldn't be nice about it. But they were, like, shoving those pies into his face. So, they they were uh, taking it out like childhood stuff on me. And I was like, God, that I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Josh, you were you were standing in for the concept of the patriarchy. You yeah. like you had to get punched in the face a few times. <laughs> like fuck the patriarchy. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I took it. I, I'll take that hit. So anyway, Tony dressed up as Ursula and wore a corset. It was pretty good. terrifying. Yep. Um, <laughs> body language. Body language. Body language. <laughs> Oh, God. So how about that Black Cauldron pig running through the scene? I want to go back to that because I really don't want to think about Tony in a corset. (laughs) Anyway, she's like, my father's a genius. Uh, And Gaston is laughing and and LeFou is laughing. And then there's an explosion at the house and they laugh harder. And we find out that there's a fair tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to sidebar real quick. I don't know what Maurice is doing to his eyebrows, but they are brown as fuck, and his hair is white as fuck, and I need him to get them on the same page, because it is yeah. a very stark difference. It's Do you think they're, like, charred? They're, like, they're being seared by, like, uh, by explosions in his house that happen regularly? <laughs> Yeah, See, but I feel like if it was like that, they'd be more like salt and pepper ring, like sure. gray. They're like brown. Maybe it's from smoke. Maybe, maybe he gets a microbladed. We'll never know. Yeah, no way of knowing. We'll never know. We can ask him. We'll have to ask. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a call at the end. And Perfect. <laughs> so, so anyway, Maurice goes in, like goes off into the woods to like go to the fair. Uh, his daughter's super supportive is like, you're definitely going to win. You're the best ever. But Philip, damn fucking Philip, takes them the wrong way. Philippe. His name is Philippe. Philippe. Philip. Sorry. Philippe <laughs> takes them the wrong fucking way. Oh, Phil. And, uh, you know, Phil. No, no, no. I'm going to stop you right there, Tony. Because Philippe tries to go down the nice sunny path. And Maurice is like, no, this is a fucking shortcut. And takes him down the creepy ass path. And then gets all pissy when Philippe is like, He's like, you sent us down this horrible path, Philippe, and Philippe's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, Philippe, where have you taken us? Why have you brought us here? There are wolves here, Philippe. Why did you bring us here? (laughs) This is obviously... (laughs) This is obviously the scarier path, Philippe. What are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> are creepy like this no no uh, so we move along and he gets or Philippe gets away and goes back home because he knows the way and uh-huh. he uh, Maurice proceeds to get chased by wolves to this abandoned castle uh, and just sort of walks right in doesn't, doesn't worry about anything just sort of walks right into this abandoned castle and, and then just starts talking to inanimate objects. Like, it's yep. no big deal that they're talking to him. Yeah, Candlestick and Clock are sitting there, like, just, like, whispering to each other. And, like, he can hear them. <laughs> He's like, hello? He's like, hello, I hear you. <laughs> like, I know you're here. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm just the Candlestick talking? That's cool. 
Yeah. It, he picks what? up the clock and he says, how is this accomplished? <laughs> He's such an inventor. I love him. He's like, uh, yeah, by all means, come sit in the master's chair. And he's like, yeah, okay, my, thanks, Candlestick. My, my next notes are clocks, uh, clocks lines. No, 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 not the master's chair. No tea, no tea. <laughs> I do want to say, there, there's, there's, some, there's some fucking rope issues here for me. Um, specifically, how do the servants start fires? in the fireplace because all of them are either made out of wood or like the spoons don't have hands, for example. So like, I don't know um, how they're starting fires. I guess all the candlesticks just go around and light them all. Yeah. yeah but I if they do that, it. they're going to melt. Also, they never melt though. They like, they last yeah. forever because like the, Lumiere is like the same height the whole time. He's like an yeah. enchanted candle. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe there's some kind of magic there, making sure that they never actually like burn down. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a metaphysics kind of thing. It's like a some magic going on. So what you're saying is that when they're in this form, they're invincible. Yes, I think I am. So if Cogsworth were to be smashed by a sledgehammer, you think that he would continue to live? Uh, that seems questionable. I don't know. I don't know if he, they're invincible, but I know that the candle wax isn't going to melt. So, <laughs> I'm just saying there, there's there's some issues here. Like the other one, how does Miss Potts get on top of the mantle? She she like is up on top of like the fireplace on the the ledge. She doesn't have hands. So did somebody put her up there? Shark. He yeah, just jumps she, really high. She's got yeah, hops. She just jumps really high. Yeah, like I can see Lumiere doing it because he's got hands, but like. She's just a, a round pot. Huh. The feather duster gets around really easily, too. I guess you have years and years. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the beast shows up, and he's super self-conscious. He does not. He's like, oh, you've come to look at me, did you? I'm going to throw you in the jail for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's like, it. He's like, oh, shit. You're in my house. How dare you? You got lost in the woods? And we're chased by wolves, and you have How to, dare you. to come to my house and look at me. <laughs> like, yeah, he definitely thinks everybody's like gonna make fun of him. I wonder how many people he's like thrown into jail for like coming to his castle. <laughs> yeah. He's everywhere. <laughs> Just like millions of people killed. <laughs> <laughs> and, like right after this event happened, people continued to come to his house because they were like, "Oh yeah, I know this guy that lives here." Yeah, and they come to the house, and he's like, "You come to stare at me? No, we came to hang out with you. What happened, Jerry? What happened to your face?" Oh, well, Gaston's having a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why in the world is the whole town just like down for a surprise wedding? Like, oh, well, it's haven't a- asked the bride. It's cool. Yeah, no, this is pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Gaston is definitely being, like, allowed to be the asshole that he is uh, by this town. Uh, For sure. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. <laughs> but I want to talk about the way this motherfucker walks into the fucking room. Like, she is evading him the whole time. He walks in like, whoa, like, <laughs> str- like it's so strange. 
uh, like she's evading him. It feels super threatening. Like she, he literally like corners her twice and like knocks over the chair to follow her. Like it's really creepy as fuck. Um, yeah, yeah, he views it as a hunt. He thinks that like I, I have to corner her for her to say yes. Yeah, he is like he is like the the worst, the absolute worst. Yeah, he fucking sucks. For sure, it's very, he's like, very stalkery. Like, take a hit. Yeah, and then he's like, imagine how great it'll be. You'll be home, and you'll massage my feet, and I'll hang up my dead deer. And she's like, we'll yeah. have seven babies. <laughs> and Bones is like, hard pass, hard pass. Yeah. And throws him in the mud, which is wonderful. Which, how the and, fuck does he get from that door all the way to that mud puddle, y'all? Uh, she's very strong. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that is like, was well, the same thing as the, the tuba and his mouth going all the way through the tuba uh, when the tuba's that on LeFou's head. No, I think <laughs> like we're, we're dealing with a Jessica Jones kind of situation. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I actually really like the idea of of badass Belle Jessica Jones. Yes, I am here for this. I could get behind that. Yeah, and she's like in the cage, and she like breaks the bars open. Hell yeah! Could totally yeah. see. And just like sucker punches Beast in the face. <laughs> but they so, strike up the band. Cause he, and he's in the mud, and he's like, I'll have her make no mistake. Because fuck that guy. Yeah. They all leave, and this is, like, her response to that scene. She's like, I want adventure. I want... This is, like, my always been my favorite, like, line, my favorite moment in the movie, because it's, like, really pretty. Like, you can see all the hills. And she's like, I want so much more than they have planned. And it's like... The most direct fuck the patriarchy moment, like, yes. and she's doing I, the the Julie Andrews sound of music twirls through the the oh field. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but she's like saying like I'm not going to just be that. Like that's not who I'm going to be. It's yeah. like a very like it's the it's always my favorite part because it's the most like I'm not doing that. Yeah, she's like taking control of her life, and she's like fuck y'all. I am in charge of who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Until and Philippe look shows how up. Beautiful these meadows are. Yeah. Look how pretty those mountains are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, y'all. Every day of my childhood, I swear to God, I would attempt to pick a dandelion, cup it in my hand the way she does, and then just release it as beautifully as she does. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't no. work like that. That is some goddamn dandelion magic voodoo. <laughs> And I'm so envious every time she does it because I want to be as graceful and as beautiful as that moment. Oh, I've done it. It's really yeah. easy. You just kind of cup it and you just like. <sighs> Lies and blasphemy. No, it's really easy, actually. Yeah. You just got to catch the wind right. No. You're um, <laughs> both Tony and I are princesses. We can do it. I uh, mean. I don't know what your issue is. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, Philippe shows up and he's like, "Uh, hey, Belle, something terrible has happened." And Belle's like, "Oh, thanks, Philippe. Let's go." And then they go. They get yep. to the castle, and this time Philippe's not scared of the of the castle. Yeah, he doesn't worry uh, about it. But 
he's like, uh, he finds, he also finds the like candlestick and the candlestick's whispering and she's like, who's there? But then they don't reveal themselves for some reason this time. But well, he finds... Well, it didn't last time. No, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> she, finds, she finds her dad locked in the dungeon with, mil- with like thousands of other corpses. Um, <laughs> and she's like, take me instead uh, to the beast. Well, even uh, before that, I find it so interesting that the Beast is like, oh, your dad's in jail because he was trespassing. But then it's like, oh, but it's okay for Belle to do the exact same fucking thing? Yep. You're not going to throw her in jail because she's trespassing? Nope. Well, her, it's no wonder that her name means beauty is the thing. Yeah. So, like, it's different. He, like, he's ridiculous. I don't so, like the Beast, everyone. <laughs> I, like, I think that, like... This could have been one of my favorite movies if I liked the Beast more. I just like never liked the Beast. See, you like Lumiere though. Love the Beast. <laughs> At this moment, you like the Beast. I just I always have loved the Beast because I feel like while he's doing these things, he has these subtle moments where he shows that like shit. I know this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know what else to do, and I don't understand. And to be fair, he was cursed. When he was, like, 11 years old. Yep. And so it's like, you know, if you think about, like, well, he, he hasn't really had the social interactions and whatnot that we all have had. He doesn't know how to not act like a child in these moments. And so he yeah. has all these subtle moments where, like, you see his face change, like, fuck, why did I do that? But I can't go back now. Like, I, yeah. I already said what I said. Like, I can't go back. Well, he yeah. was a spoiled, he a very dynamic character. Yeah, he was a spoiled rich kid, and then he turned into this, and he never had any other interaction with people. So when exactly. things don't go his way, you can see that childish nature. I mean, it passes as beast, but it's really child. Yes. Um. So anyway, so like he for it, me, yeah. at this point, if like the people with the axes and the torches came to the castle, like I wouldn't be mad about it. Like I'm like you just like locked up. A person for showing at your doorstep, and then you like took away dad, like traded and took away dad, and like didn't let her say goodbye, and like you are literally a monster. Like I understand all that, but like he like is a like prince who just like takes people and locks them in dungeons. Like sure, I don't know, but all that's about to change. She gets taken to a nice bedroom. And she's like, wait, what? What do you mean? But she gets taken to a nice bedroom. And along the way, Beast is telling her about places that she can go and can't go. Yeah, Um, she says, what's in the West Wing? And he says, the hope of liberal intellectual good president Bartlett. And and he says, it's forbidden! uh, Yeah, that's that's a good joke, Tony. We were going to have a joke off here. That's a pretty good one. I I see this as like... He's like, you can go anywhere in the castle, just not the West Wing. And she's like, what's in the West Wing? And he's like, who told you about that? Uh, she's like, you're not supposed to go there. How do you know about the West Wing? She, she's like, sorry, think, you, told, you, you just said it. I think you guys both have it wrong. You're actually referring to the TV show. That's what I said. That was my joke. Was it? Yeah, President Bartlett. Was it, Tony? Yes. President Bartlett is the president of the West Wing. Tony. Your joke was just really fast, and I couldn't quite understand it. Okay. Everyone, there is an option on your playback 
to play it at 0.5 speed, go back, play my joke at 0.5 speed, and then you'll understand. Yeah, probably. It probably still won't be funny because I don't know anybody that's ever watched West Wing. But uh, I've watched the West Wing. If you want to listen to, if you want to talk about West Wing, then by all means go listen to Tony's very boring podcast about the West Wing called the characters are very interesting oh tony what's the name of your podcast about the west wing uh duh, it's called we... the what anyway it's called west, west wings Wings weekly <laughs> weekly winging uh... <laughs> i was thinking west wings and you're it's a crossover where you talk about all of the times that west wing crossover with the show wings nice yeah, yeah. Anyway. You go to the Gaston bar scene. <laughs> no one's quick as Gaston. No one's such a terrible person as Gaston. No one twerks I, like Gaston. Makes it work like Gaston. I was just gonna say, I love how like it literally went from like spring to fucking winter in like two point five seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's full on snowy. And it's like full on spring, and then all of a sudden it's fucking snow everywhere. I'm like, what the hell just happened? How? <laughs> yeah, it's very cold now. Uh, I guess it seems like wearing their spring clothes. Yeah, it and was still chilling. It's because it Belle was. is uh, the opposite version of Elsa, so she brings the oh. warmth. Yeah, I watched uh, that. Makes sense. LeFou is very interesting. This scene, and this is like going to be one of the few times I want to talk about the uh, the live action. LeFou is, like, working really hard to, to cheer up Gaston. Right. And, like, my favorite part of the... I only watched the live-action movie once, so I, I can't speak up to it a lot. But my favorite part wrong, about... But... <laughs> huh? Oh, well. Oh, well, my favorite part of the, like, the, the live-action movie when I watched it was that, like, the thing that I always told people about the the cartoon was that LeFou is for sure like in love with Gaston. Right. And everybody was like, no, he's not. And I well, except for a few. But I always was like, LeFou's in love with Gaston. Why else is he doing all this? Like he's like literally singing to him to make him happy. He's sad to see him sad. And everybody's like, no. And then in the live action movie they made it explicit and I was like, yeah, obviously. And I felt so good about it. Yeah. I think that that was a good addition to the story. Yeah. Well, and the the one thing that like everybody made a big deal about it in the in the time before when it was made clear that this is going to be happening in this movie, Josh Gad played it in such a way that it wasn't overwhelming. It was just like, oh yeah, this is understood that he's gay. Like he he's into Gaston. It's not a big deal. I really appreciate the way they did it in the movie. I think that it was a, a good like tiny addition. Yeah, and I. I always thought it was funny with the new one, how everyone was like, oh my god, they're going to make LeFou gay? But then, like, a few scenes later, you got this guy full-on cross-dressing and loving every minute of it. And no one gave a shit about that. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Really? Anyway, I'm here for it. I'm like, yeah, you fucking, you rock that dress, queen. But whatever. (laughs) So... He decides uh, when Maurice comes in, he's raving. He's raving. Wait, too wait, fast. wait! Too fast. Every last inch of him covered in hair. Wink. Oh. Wink. Move on. Sorry. Real quick, before we start talking about Maurice, oh. that part where LeFou pulls the guy's belt off and his pants drop, and he's got on these 
Ace Heart underwear. Yep. And I'm like, does everyone in this movie own these same fucking pair of underwear? Because earlier in the movie, when Maurice is trying to get the barrel off, he pulls his pants down and he's wearing the same exact underwear. Like, do they That's only have true. one print of underwear? In this yeah, it's now? a it's a big company. It's like a it's like their biggest export is underwear. It's <laughs> it on it. It's yeah. a poor provincial town. You've got the the baker who makes the baguettes. You got the the guy who's selling the eggs. Five dozen of them a day to Gaston. And then, and then you got the the underwear maker. Yeah, the company. Yep. It's like a big a big like industrial size company where they just print out heart co- or heart covered boxers. Yep. yep. <laughs> so um, we, we move <laughs> on. Please, let's move on. So then Maurice comes barging in. Yes, he's raving. He's waving around yeah. his glow sticks and raving. Just uh, going so damn hard. <laughs> he's like, whoa, you're raving too hard, Maurice. Some EDM is going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like, get this. <laughs> well, yeah, like, his daughter was, has just been, he was taken by a beast. Now his daughter's been taken by a beast. And everybody's like, yeah, right, there's no beasts. And <laughs> they're, just, uh, they're, they're making fun of him and describing beast-like qualities. But he's like, yes. It's, it's yeah, enormous. Exactly. <laughs> he's really furry. He's got big teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's him. How, have you guys seen him? What? <laughs> so they kick him out into the snow. And this is Gaston's plan begins to form. He, but a dangerous pastime. Um, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's like, basically his plan is I'm going to threaten to put her dad in a mental asylum unless she marries me. This is like plan. this is the shittiest thing anyone could ever do. Like the actual worst. Yeah. Like could you be a worse human being right now? <laughs> Guys, really it's hard. literally not different than what the beast did like two scenes ago. Your dad was in jail, now he's not and you live with me. Yes. Literally um, the same. They are the same person. <laughs> yeah, but the dad got to go free. Yeah, but the dad would go free if she married the beast who is Gaston in this scene. Are you so? Are you saying that there's like a a comparison between Beast and Gaston? Do you think they're the same? They're supposed to be playing the same. I'm person? saying there are no like all of the men in this movie are shitty. I'm saying that there are no good characters except for Belle and Maurice. Like. And and hey. Lumiere and the servants, obviously. Yeah, but, like, give the servants some credit. Like that. Fucking, and the servants. That uh, what's he called? Coat hanger. He fucking does everything. This yeah. <laughs> he wears that bowler hat. I'm just saying that there's like the, the difference between Gaston and and the Beast are not that far apart. Like there's not that much distance between them right now. Like, sure. At this point, no. But the Beast, you know, grows a lot and changes. A lot, yeah. whereas Gaston is still just the shittiest. That's true. So I'm going to continue to let this movie play. Yeah. <laughs> so we so we move so on. So Belle doesn't want to come to dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. I will say I think that my favorite my favorite adult joke in this movie is when the closet that she opens up her her doors and a bunch of moths fly out and she's like oh my yes. <laughs> and she's like fanning herself like oh you, you weren't supposed to see that 
That's pretty good. <laughs> That's probably my favorite adult joke. <laughs> it's, but, like, the beast that comes up and he's like, uh, you will come out to dinner. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> he, he, like, looks down at Mrs. Potts and Lumiere, and he's like, do you see this? Do you see how crazy she's being? <laughs> she's unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> she's being unreasonable. I have to break this fucking door down now. <laughs> <laughs> Come eat dinner with me. I'm, then you can starve. <laughs> God damn it. He's a child. He, like, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's a child. But okay. she goes down to dinner anyway. And after after noticing that all the kitchen people are really upset because all this exquisite cuisine is going to waste. Yeah. Which leads me to the next fucking rope. Where are they getting their food from? Magic. Um... I mean, there's probably gardens on the on the on the property. Like, there's probably think? like farming and garden on the property. Yeah. What about like spices? The, Do you think they just had enough storage for the last ten years? Yeah, I think it's probably just well, like they have really fancy food. I don't know. Um, maybe they they like save the spices for special occasions, like like when guests are but, here. To be fair, do any of the servants actually eat? Do you think that's they still- true? Just the beast, probably, is so, my guess, actually. Like, all their food storage has just been lasting for ten years because it's, instead of feeding, because like, no 200 people every day. Yeah, that makes sense. And we know that, like, the beast just goes and gets his own food, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I- but Miss Potts, Miss Potts isn't going to let her go hungry. She's like, I don't care what the master says, I'm feeding, I'm feeding him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Miss Potts says, ladies, we gotta stick together. Girl power. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking, oh, I'm gonna go back real quick. Uh, there's a okay. Feather Duster Lumiere sex scene. Uh, I've been burned by you before. <laughs> How did they not burn down that curtain, y'all? That's a very good I question. <laughs> I bet there That's are a funny. few burn curtains in this, uh, in, in this castle, though. <laughs> this, is, um, this is one of those questions. Especially like when they're when they're fooling around, you would think that she would get burned. I, it's like I don't even want to think about this. I know there's probably something out there about this. I don't want to know it. <laughs> <laughs> so be our guest, be our guest. It's really pretty choreography. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is a really a really like, uh, huge production. Like, and Cogsworth yeah. is like trying to shush them the whole time, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Did she eat anything? I don't think so. I think she just uh, she like licked like a few food dishes yeah. and didn't really actually eat anything. Yeah. I had that same same thought. Although, did you guys know that this song was intentionally or initially, sorry, um, meant to be sung to Maurice, and then they were like, "Why the fuck are we giving such a great song to a secondary character?" Yeah. Aw, <laughs> <Or> Maurice. <laughs> well, like you gotta imagine, so, he he's only been on the road for like. A few hours, so it's not like he's starving. No, why should he be? Yeah, so like, Belle is actually starving. She deserves yeah, some music. She hasn't eaten since breakfast. Yeah, and so and then I guess lunch was interrupted by a damn horse. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, tour guide uh, Codsworth is the very best. I've texted Josh the joke. If it's not baroque, don't fix it. Like a dozen times in my life, <laughs> and I think it's funny <laughs> every time. Joke. That is, yeah, by far the best joke in this uh, in this movie. <laughs> and then that single tear he has to wipe away. 
Because uh, <laughs> he's cracking so himself good. up. He, nobody else is getting a, a good laugh out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you're in, Tony, I feel like you and I have especially been there as teachers. Yes. <laughs> when you're in this castle by yourself for so long and nobody else is like getting your jokes, you got to imagine he said yep. this joke to everyone in this in this castle by this point, and like he yeah, has everybody's heard it. <laughs> like he probably gives that tour like once a day. He'll just find some random. Random, you know, I'd like to draw your attention to the flying buttresses. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! He is like he has honed it. Yeah, uh, down to a science. Bell goes to the west wing and is about to touch a rose. Oh no! And the beast freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Throws things. You gotta think. Anger is—is is it because she opened the thing that? All of them are falling off more quickly. She let air in, and it's like, no, no, you, you are going to expose my floating rose, my floating glowing rose to air. No, I think it's like it's almost his twenty-first birthday. That's like what yeah. I've assumed that he dies on his twenty-first birthday or whatever. All right, he saves the beast. Yeah, yeah, but like, so it's like his birthday is approaching, so they start to fall off. Yeah, but like, why is the glass thing a big deal? He makes a big deal about putting the glass thing back on top of it. Well, to I be fair, you don't really know what would happen if, if somebody touched it. it. Yeah, that's true. Like, in yeah. that book that I was talking about earlier, they explain that in an interesting way. So, it's kind of like, you don't fucking know what would happen. I imagine Even her getting, like... crazy shit happens. Yeah, I, I imagine, like, a side story. Belle gets pricked by one of the, the things on the rose and then, like, turns into a beast. Maybe. That's, you'll have to read the book. I'm not yeah. Sure. Oh, well, okay. I probably won't, but, yeah. Um, so there's some chip favoritism going on. Chip is being the the favorite of all the cups. How the hell does Mrs. Potts have so many fucking kids? Yeah, it's a good question. So in real in the real life, she doesn't though. She really only has chips. So who are all the other cups? Just what other kids. Are they just cups? Your brothers, brothers and, and sisters. sisters. Yeah. So it's like what the hell? Uh-huh, I don't know. No, Miss Potts just to me. it got has like eighty kids. Because they're like, I don't maybe, know, maybe. Okay, maybe Mrs. Potts is actually just like a foster mother. And Inside none of these kids this... are actually her kids. Yeah, but if, if the Beast's castle was also an orphanage, then how does he not have compassion in his heart? He's like giving part of his castle as an orphanage. Well, is he? He's only 11. It was probably something his parents started. Yeah... I guess. Man, this is a lot of backstory for it. <laughs> that we are creating right now. I, I don't know. It was either that or Miss Potts was like a serial killer that was like collecting kids. Oh, um, yeah. That, that's the other option. <laughs> Not ever. <laughs> so we move along. There's this really creepy guy Ooh. in a bar. That wait, no, no, wait do, do we do the wolf? Did we do the wolf chase scene? No, we haven't done the wolf. Oh, do the wolves? Yet. Yeah, do the wolves. Okay, the wolf chase scene has one important part. Well, two important parts. The as like so they fall in the ice water, and one of the wolves fall, falls in the ice water, and they like zoom in on him, and he looks so sad and scared, <laughs> and it's like, right. wait a minute, are we supposed to like the wolves now? <laughs> this wolf is so scared. Yeah. Hypothermia. The other important part. You're not dead from hypothermia. Yeah. He's got all that fur. That's part of it. I'm a 
Oh, Bell? She didn't fall. Yeah, Bell and Philippe no. also should be dead. All of the people who went in the water should be dead. She didn't um, go all the way in. It, the horse went in, and she got kind of wet. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Beast saves the day while trying to reclaim her, his prisoner. Uh, and then Belle saves the beast. And this is where, when I watched this scene where, like, they are in the, uh, like, in the room where, like, she's cleaning up the beast. This is where I did think of you, Heidi, where she, where, like, <laughs> sassy Belle comes out and is like, you should control your temper. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's good. Yeah. Like, that is me all the time. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, now we go to this creepy scene in the bar with Satan. Um, and oh, Gast- sure. Gaston is like, will you will you do some nefarious plot with us? And he's like, oh, that is twisted. Uh, let me drop back down to hell and grab some of my tools and I'll be back. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine he also got the horse that Gaston is later going to ride because they're both rocking some fucking red eyes. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're both like the incarnate, like evil incarnate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a hell mount. Yeah. Uh-huh. The hell horse. The hell horse. Hell horse. Yes. Um, so the second day of imprisonment is not so bad. There's a library and yes. there is something there library. I didn't see before. And there's a snowball fight, and uh, there is uh, birds eating from uh, the beast's hands, and and soup. The second That's day is not so fight. bad because they they have uh, found a mutual respect for each other, I suppose. Yeah. I love the snowball fight because I just Expound. love the fact that Belle is kicking ass and taking names in the snowball fight. <laughs> yeah, she's got an arm. She's got that uh, that yeah. Jessica Jones power. She can really toss those things. She does, and I I love. Right before they go to the library, when Cogsworth, ad- the actor, I can't think of his name, but when he ad-libbed the line, that is, like, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Oh, the uh, promises you don't intend to keep, chocolate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to give her something. Yeah. Promises you don't intend to keep? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. There's the library, which is a really cool scene. I, I think that you're right. I, if I w- could have that library, I would... Uh, I would do a lot of things. I, I would marry the Beast for the, that library. Uh, so much library <laughs> um, Yeah. So... Yeah, he's got that going for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice scene. And then they, he's, like, prepping and getting all gussied up for asking Belle to stay with him forever because he loves her. And again, this coat rack being the fucking real MVP. Yep. Has all the skills. Doing all the damn work. Yeah, he's a jack also of all trades. Also a barber. He's a coat rack of all trades. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, uh, the- notice? Sorry. Backtracking for Go just ahead. a moment. And there's something there when they're singing. Did you notice how Beast's voice is different during it, that song? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not the same person. Is it not him? Yeah, it is because he's thinking the lines instead of speaking the lines. Man. Like, the little details. Just, yes. Weird. Make it so good. That's nice. Um, and then Angela Lansbury sings Tales All of Time as Time, and they dance. And my moment of, like, yeah, relating to the Beast the most is when he, like, they're dancing, and he, like, looks straight to the camera and goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so much pride, y'all. He He's so, so happy. Himself, and I love it. <laughs> like, 
it's that scene, it's definitely his best moment. Yeah, I just die every time that entire scene comes on. I just want you to know. Like, on the floor, full body goosebumps, squealing, dead. <laughs> yeah, me too. So we, uh, <laughs> we, we have this really sweet scene, and he... They, they are, like, standing outside, and she's like, I miss my father. Yeah. She's like, he's like, what would make you happy? Um, I want to see my dad and not have our relationship based on imprisonment. And he's like, okay, go see your dad, because he's sick, and I'll, I guess, see you later. And it's really actually sad, because he thinks she's gone for good. I know. Um, it, like, but, breaks my heart. Yeah, that's, like, a good moment. He's like, yeah, yeah, I should let you go because, like, I care about you and care, and I, I see that you're sad that your dad's dead or dying. Yeah. Uh, and the servants are all like, what the fuck? We still got to pay for your sins? You couldn't even, like, fuck? Ah! But then in the live action, we get that amazing song, Evermore. Love it. Yaza hates it. He's fucking wrong. That's why he's on the log. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, Belle saves Maurice, uh, and, like, as soon as he wakes up, they are like, you have to go to the asylum! And and Gaston's like, what? I said, because he's crazy. Because he's crazy. And Gaston's like, you should marry me. She says, never. Uh, And Gaston's all like... Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's the worst. And I think at this point, Belle knows, like, what's going on. Like, she's hip. Uh, she knows that, like, Gaston's just being an asshole and, like, trying to get... So she's like, I'll prove that there's a beast. And she brings out the mirror, and she shows everyone the beast. And... Yeah, probably not the most thought-out plan. No. No. Uh, and they're like, you have feelings. Or Gaston's like, you have feelings for this beast. And, and she's like, you're the beast. Obviously, Gaston, you're the beast. Right. Uh, and then there's this, like, really scary, scary scene of, like, mob mentality. And, like, the, the, all these people, the baker and, the, and the, the people that she knew, all these people, like, become, like, sort of evil looking. And they're like, that we're going to kill the beast because we don't understand. <laughs> Y'all, this villager in his crop top the entire movie kills me. <laughs> it's like winter. There's snow everywhere. <laughs> it also just makes me think of the pig roast where you and Sam wore crop tops like that, Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Those good times. <laughs> oh, man. I That was a great party. <laughs> like, like three weddings came from that party. Yep. You're not wrong. <laughs> but then we get to see Gaston's creepy as fuck horse who like um, did you steal Frollo's horse is this Snowball right now because they look pretty oh, similar I hope it is I hope it's Frollo's horse yeah right <gasps> I like in my mind I imagine that it's Snowball in my eyes I imagine idea. Cleopatra the, the real villain of Darby O'Gill that's what I'm <laughs> <Okay>. picturing <laughs> Uh, anyway, they're um, they're on a voyage. This to is kill my the beast. my my trivia point around this song the 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 song that they're singing the mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They get to the door, and their last song before they just like say kill the beast, dun dun, kill the beast, dun dun, is they say fifty Frenchmen can't be wrong, 
And I was like, 50 Frenchmen can't be wrong. What a weird line. So I Googled it, and here's what came up. There is a song from 1927 called 50 Million Frenchmen Can't Be Wrong about why we should be like French people and not prohibit alcohol. Interesting. There's also... Yep, I listened to it. It's pretty good. There's a line... They're like, French people are like cool and they're like chill and they like Paris and they like drink wine and stuff and we should be like them. 50 million Frenchmen can't be wrong. Anyway, it's a weird callback to a 1927 song. Uh, 50 Frenchmen can't be wrong. Let's kill the beast. Yeah. There's also a line in this that's uh, Gaston says, screw your courage to the sticking place, which is, I thought Macbeth. was weird. Yeah, it's from Macbeth. I thought that was a really odd line, so I also looked that up. It's from Macbeth. Yep. This song has a lot of layers. They also, like, explicitly say, we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us in the song, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, anyway. Xenophobia, et cetera. That apparently it's no longer winter because it's not snowing, it's rain. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, we're just going through all the it's seasons. It's just winter in, like, North Carolina. It's <laughs> like... This is a like, North Carolina French mountain town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the castle battle is great. Everyone fights. Uh, there are scissors in butts. There are people cross-dressing. <laughs> there are... There's that scene very... with the feather duster, which is really terrible. Yeah, it's uh, very rapey. It is. It's like, I like looked at it. I like watched it and was like, oh my God, like, I hate this so much right now. It makes me cringe so much. It's so rapey. It is. It's awful. And then the Um, clown runs into the kitchen and they're like, and then all the fucking knives pop up. That's like my favorite part. (laughs) Yeah. So this poor provincial town gets its due for attacking the, attacking the castle. Uh, they ask him. Uh, and then there's this like battle between Beast and Gaston, and Gaston's like, he's lost the will to fight because he thinks Bell's gone forever, uh, and so he's just getting stabbed and like and and shot by arrows and punched and clubbed by gar- gargoyles and uh, all that's happening. Uh, and then he sees Bell and he grabs Gaston and is about to throw him off of the thing, and he realizes no. I'm not a monster like this guy. So he decides not to kill Gaston. Big mistake. It turns out to be the wrong choice. <laughs> because Gaston comes up with a knife and stabs him in the kidney. And it's surprisingly uh, fast. He, like, climbs that thing really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, either that or or the beast is climbing really slowly to, like, really savor the moment of Bell coming back. Sure. Um, but death, sadness... Uh, well, Gaston dies, which is fine. Death, sadness. Bye. She's like, I love you. And then there's magic rain. And then Gaston turns into a really ugly alive prince. Not G- Gaston, the beast turns into a really ugly alive prince. What I love about this scene is the way that his cloak like wraps around him like a cocoon. And then he like busts out of it. Love it. Yeah. Minus and she like looks at him and he's like, ugly Are you, do I know you? I know I just saw you turn into this person. But she's like touching him like, I don't know if you're real. <laughs> oh no, that part kills me. She's like, who are you? It's like, really? You just watched this entire thing happen. Right? Yeah. And so Belle's like, you're going to need to grow a beard. Because... <laughs> I like you with the fur. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he does have those incredibly bushy eyebrows, though. So that helps. Yeah, that's nice. But he just does, he looks super weird to me. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. He doesn't I mean, look as have... attractive. No. I'm wrong? No, he's yeah. not an attractive man. Um, he looks way more attractive as the beast he, than he does as the person. Yeah. You're wrong. But... Also, does anybody know his, his name? Does he have a name? Beast. Adam. Adam. His name is Adam. I love that, like... Okay. Bell is like in love with this guy and still refers to him as Beast up until like the time that he dies. Well, to be fair, he never says his name. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like. So a, she doesn't know what the fuck his name is? No, is that like a self deprecation thing? Is he like, I don't want anybody to refer me as the human name because I deserve this? Maybe. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I am For a sure Beast. Could be. Yeah. I am a beast, and I deserve yeah. to be called that. Yeah. So, but they get their happily ever after 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 the third day of meeting each other. On the third day of knowing each other, they are happily ever after dancing, and it's all happy. All of the magic rain turned everybody back to normal. Uh, I think everybody looks weird as a human. Actually, it's not yeah. just them. It's like everybody looks weird as a human. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Mrs. Potts just said bye to all of her other kids. She said, fuck you guys. Yeah, not worried about those ones. I think they were really just cups. Because <laughs> there's only one kid there at the end. I think that they were all just cups. Or they were, they're all back <laughs> down in the dungeon where they were before. Oh my Probably. god. <laughs> <laughs> now we can start our mining operation again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take out the competitors. The, that factory that puts out all the, the heart covered boxers. <laughs> <laughs> so and well, this we was get fun. To listen to Celine Dion. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, uh, but that she sings "Be Our Guest" really nicely at the end there. Yeah, <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> I mean, that's wrong. But yeah. Know. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. Heidi, if there was a moral to this story, do you have what that could possibly be? Well, it's don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Sure. I agree with Heidi. Okay. So that's the end of the movie. <laughs> we uh, we are very glad to have been joined by Heidi. Thank you so much for being on, uh, especially for our finale for season two. We hope that you will join us again for season three at some point. Just let us know. Live action. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh, it's going to be interesting. We could. <laughs> that's a good idea. We should definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the exact same thing, just with different actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm very into it. We got new songs. We do have more songs. And we can, like, hate on Gaston some more. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I'm also down for Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, with that, up. thanks so much, Heidi, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so, again, thank you to Heidi Yao for joining us. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate you being on the show. I think it was a really fun conversation, Tony. Yeah, I agree. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. So as is the case with all of our shows, we like to end by sort of doing all the the serious stuff, talking about Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us at Front Porch Disney on all of those places. You can find me on Twitter at Front Porch Josh. You can find me, and I will be there at Front Porch Tony. You can also find Yowza at CT Yowza. You can find uh, Heidi's dog on Instagram at Charlotte underscore Bones. <laughs> and that'll be, that's what she told me to give as a promotional. So find her dog on Instagram. She's a star. <laughs> It'll be good. Go, go show her some love. And then you should also go and find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, but specifically iTunes, 
and leave us a review and a rating and uh, uh, that, that sort of stuff really, really helps us subscribe. That stuff really helps us to grow. And uh, season two has been an amazing ride. We've had a lot of fun with it. And the growth has shown through that you guys really have, have shown us a lot of support and a lot of positive feedback. And we really, really appreciate everything from you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think season three, like, we're going to do things a little different. We're going to probably put out a couple of episodes of, like, or a couple, maybe not episodes, but some, like, little things between seasons, uh, between season two and season three. So be on the lookout for, like, keep your feet open. uh, Keep us in your feet until season three. But you can expect season three around fall of this year, after the summer. Yeah. We're, we're trying to we're going to continue to record over the, the summer, probably get a couple episodes saved because Tony and I both work full time. So it's hard to to record on a regular schedule. So we're probably going to have a couple episodes saved up over the summer. We're going to try and start back probably in early August is the plan. So but we are going to be releasing some content in between there. I'm probably going to put out another promo for season three. Man, those are fun. And <laughs> yeah, those are a lot of fun. I really liked the last one. And the plan is also to have on uh, a lot of guests in season three as well. I think we had a lot this season, and I think we're trying to continue to do that because that seems to be a really popular thing with our show. Yeah, I agree. So with that, I think that's everything. We will see you guys in season three. Tony, sing us out. All right. 50 Frenchmen can't be wrong. Let's kill the beast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Still a kiss or two On the front porch with you All I wanna... Hey, this is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. Come check out our podcast, Nerds with Words. Adam and I talk about pop culture, comedy, comic books, movies, conspiracies. We're both comedians and we might make you laugh. Every week we welcome a guest from the entire spectrum of pop culture and science and comedy. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdsWithWords1.